welcome to the Mobile Monger Podcast. I'm Janae Muha, your host. To know Seattle cheese is to know Julia Powers. Throughout her extensive cheese career, she's worn the hats of monger, broker, distributor, volunteer, and so many others. She's been an active participant in the American Cheese Society since 2007, and this year, she was voted on to the board of directors. In this episode, I chat with Julia about the drive to continue doing more to serve the cheesemakers and what life has been like during COVID through distribution channels. Join me as we get to the heart of what drives Julia. Hey, uh, I'm Julia Powers. I currently am working at the Peterson Company. locally owned distributor um, here on the West Coast. And we also have a warehouse in Munaki, New Jersey. We import cheeses from Europe as well as really focus on a lot of the domestic beauties as well. Um, I got my cheese lot in life a little bit late. we, I'm an Air Force brat, so we traveled all over. And um, mom's idea of a good, uh, God bless her soul, a good, good, uh, good dinner for us was Kraft macaroni. Uh, and that blue box will always be seared in my brain. And, but, um, you know, I've, I've, I've come a little bit further than that in, the, in these <laughs> times. But uh, going to Europe and, and tasting cheeses at a young age and, and then coming back. And um, when I studied in Europe during college, I just really fell in love with the markets in Italy, the fresh cheeses, the, the lovely stories, the, the beauty of where that farm was located and how those animals were so different than some of the animals we had here. And, um, but continued my educational growth. Um, Speech pathology and psychology is my degree and I never used it, but the parents were still proud and I did a lot of training and development and then kind of bottomed out, you know, just was not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I was in my late thirties and uh, my sister just kind of looked at me and she said, Julia, you just need a freaking paycheck. So I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to go back to what I love. And that's really great food and some really good stories behind that. And so I'm going to go to this local market that was in our neighborhood and apply for a job. And I got a job and that led into getting into the cheese department at this market. And that's where I got my kind of my cheese legs. Um, At that point, there wasn't a lot of support for training and development in the market. So I joined American Cheese Society on my my own and um, I've never regretted it. Burlington was my first and it was my summer vacation. I used to take paid time off and that's where I went. And I was just like a cheese nerd, man. I just love sitting in those seminars and learning all about it. So there's been um, a lot of support from ACS in my mind um, in terms of my own education growth. And, um, you know, 
coming in contact with people like you. I still remember that first time meeting you when you were volunteering in the judging room and was just like, oh my God, who is this chick? I think I'm gonna like her. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the partnerships and the friendships that you make uh, are like no other. I feel like it's all family. It's, it's another family reunion every time we have conference. That's why it's been so dearly missed for me as well as others. But uh, I've been on the judging and competition committee since uh, 2014. And we've gone through a lot of differences and changes and um, people getting on and people terming off. And we decided there wasn't really a term. <laughs> seven years, that's, that's quite, a, quite a long time. But in that, in that time period, I feel like we've really um, set the competition in a really great light. So, but, uh, and after that, it's just been kind of ongoing. It's uh, for me to now being elected to the ACS Board of Directors, um, it, it kind of makes me a little verklempt. You know, I know there's, you know, what the hell are you doing? You're signing up for more volunteer hours, but uh, it's just amazing to be able to kind of continue being connected to cheese. Um, we kind of lose sight of that. And um, I want to remember, you know, yeah, I, I, I've got spreadsheets here showing all the, all the sales I do, but, where where is the story on those items, you know? And that's what kind of makes me want to still stay involved. Yeah. So I haven't talked to too many people in the distribution realm about like kind of how COVID affected everything. I obviously live with someone who is in the distribution realm. And so I've seen it firsthand, um, but he's on the logistics side of things. So can you kind of like give a brief rundown of like what you've been dealing with in the last year as a salesperson for a distributor and what that's looked like? Right. Um, I, I am very, very fortunate that um, my accounts that I service are retail. Our food service, of course, took a hit like every other distributor. Um, that was very, very difficult. And I think that Peterson really did a great job on trying to adjust, you know, as Ari Weinzweig doesn't like the word pivot. I don't think <laughs> anybody I, does at this point. <laughs> I, I know. Well, after he said that, it's like, God, he nailed it. You know, I just hate that. Every time someone says pivot, I kind of like pivot. <laughs> but um kind of adjusting, you know, to the changes without, um, you know, face it, you know, we wouldn't be able to continue with the same amount of people working with us and for us and all that. So it, hard decisions were made, but in all in all, I think that um, we did well as an organization kind of taking each month as the messaging, of course, changed. I struggled because the smaller cheesemakers were being overlooked based on pricing. You know, it was like they wanted to get that commodity two pound loaf instead of, you know, even a half a pound of a beauty. There was no entertaining going on. So why should they even, you know, purchase that little mini wheel of lovely? So 
and no demos, no sampling, which really kind of affected the overall um, outlook. What I did as a rep is talking to my producers, let's get cheese in the mouth of the monger. Let's keep the fasaris open so they have the adjectives to describe this wonderful cheese. And I can, you know, throw in some dollars on our side as well to promote this cheese for the month. But um, it was important to me to kind of make sure that that cheese case is still looking well appointed with all the domestic varieties that, you know, are out there that are award-winning and luscious in their own right. The, the, the ticker as a, from a distributor perspective is we do require third-party audits at Peterson, which is not across the board, you know, of other distributors that may not, you know, request that. I, I would imagine down the road it will be something in terms of food safety guidelines, but we kind of uh, were at the forefront of that based on requests from our own customers' requests on a national level. So it's tough for the small cheesemaker to get through that gauntlet, you know, and, and very costly as well. But I would meet with smaller cheesemakers also and just trying to help them. I, I volunteer with the Washington State Cheesemakers Association as well and, and try to be a coach in some manner if there's anything in my brain that might help um, someone else in terms of information so they don't have to reinvent the wheel constantly. It's been a tough year. And... You know, we all kind of look at that plate of food when we sit down for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And it's quite amazing to think how the hell that even got on that plate, you know, a day in the life. Talk about a, a good road trip, Janae. You should put a little GoPro on a wheel of cheese, you know, see that little sucker come all the way from wherever to here. But um, with those ideas in mind too, logistically, you know, our food chain was breaking down as well. You know, COVID-related issues, co-packing issues, the whole shebang. So all of that, I feel like, you know, we've already been through a war and we're still going through it. I feel like it's been Thanksgiving week for the last year and a half, you know, just for full on, I need it now. Um, we think we were curing cancer, but we are really, kind of feeding the nation too, you know, when you think about it, but it's, um, it's, it's been a tough year, but I'm, I've been very, very fortunate to be where I am with the company that I keep and, and um, the people around me too, staying positive, solution driven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that the general public has only really heard things about like, you know, the stuff that happened with like the Suez Canal. And so they don't really understand the actual logistics of getting food from one place to another and how something like this can really affect everything. And I think that's why in a lot of places, I think that um, we started seeing a lot of the CSAs and stuff like that popping up really fast because we were able to pivot a lot quicker, quicker on the local end. 
Um, but with a company the size of Peterson, you can't quite turn on a dime like that. So I'm sure that you guys had a lot of logistical nightmares <laughs> through all of this. <laughs> and it, and it continues, you know, we're, we should have fourth quarter down and um, there's still a lot of planning to be done because how, how, how can you adjust dates when we're still waiting on files that should have arrived, you know, X date or the container issue is just, what do you mean there are no containers? What do you mean there are too many containers? It's just, you know, crazy or things stuck on the water or court fiascos, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, kudos to anyone that works in that buying field and because it's just, there's, there's so many details to keep straight. I kind of, you know, get a little twitchy thinking about the whole <laughs> thing. And um, I'm grateful that again, you know, a good, good purchasing team behind us, you know, every once in a while I have to kind of say, Hey, I, I, I don't understand your email. You're talking to me in a purchasing kind of framework. Can you just tell me when that cheese is going to arrive? And so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but um, that point together, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it is, it has been really difficult and you kind of wonder, okay, well, what's this future going to look like then? How, how, how do we continue, um, but we keep on doing what we're doing, right? I mean, we keep on forging forward, really. Can you kind of give a little rundown of like what files are and what that actually means when you place an order with a file? <laughs> file is kind of a, a general term in, 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 our, in our vernacular of just uh, putting orders into a time frame, a schedule of sorts. And usually it's very clean and tidy. You order by this date, your product will arrive west by this date. Um, we number those files. So there's that whole scenario for say French imports. Then we have another scenario for some of our proprietary items. Then we have another scenario for French air shipments. Then we have another scenario. So you can see how there are all these different transportation schedules. So then those items that we order are divided among our purchasing department. Those individuals in the department are responsible of keeping tabs on that, communicating delays, communicating shortages, then we, the sales group, take that as a responsibility then communicate to our customer. Um, right now, I kind of just pulled it and threw it because the whole time frame, you know, I, 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 I can't keep it straight any longer because you can't, you know, I'm still on like, this is just an example, say I'm still on file five and everybody's talking about file 29. <laughs> you know, but wait a minute, we haven't received five. How can you talk about file 29? But anyway, um, sometimes it's, it's strange because something can go through. Sometimes it's like one part of the order may be held, FDA hold or just got delayed. 
sometime someone went on strike in Le Havre in France and boom, container didn't go. We purchased those items, so they are ours. So by the time they arrive here, it you know it's a challenge. You you want to deliver the best quality, freshest product to your customers, and um, you know things come a little tired sometimes being on the water, road, air, whatever. So it's um kind of a whole logistics schedule of sorts, I would say. And we are lucky that we have our own warehouse on the East Coast because we do have trucks coming over twice a week, back and forth. So, you know, that's always like, hey, can we get on the track this week, please? You know, it's coming in at 12 p.m. You know, you're doing all of this orchestrating and organizing and, you know, some days like today, it, it, it feels like possibly haven't done anything, but yet I know I have, but yet there's, it, it's time consuming just to make sure you, you've got the right information to share. And um, all of that is, you know, I got, I, I wanted, I was a broker um, after mongering, I, I, I managed the Mount Townsend Creamery Cheese Shop and Pike Place Market. And then I worked for a broker for a couple of years, McKenna Marketing. And then I thought, I want to learn about import-export stuff. And that's why I came on with Peterson. And it's more of, you know, more focused on sales. I, I do get a little bit of that import-export stuff and learning about licenses and all of that. But um, certainly that's not my forte in this position. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do love to learn about it just don't think that people really understand what it takes to get food around and it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> yeah I mean when when you were behind the counter too I imagine you were pretty darn organized and you knew okay this is what I need for this promo coming up this is what I need for I'm thinking Halloween you know it's a couple of months away I want to be set with my little ghoul of mimolette but um but all of that stuff takes planning and, and you want to make sure that all, everything's coming together in the right manner. And right now, I just, there's a lot of frustration. You can feel the energy. Sometimes it's palpable. Um, I think that people are just, you know, really frustrated and we all need hugs. We've been so deprived of them <laughs> for yeah, so long. It's true. So for your job, you've been working from home. I mean, did you work from home a lot before this because you are in Tacoma? Yeah, my, my home base is Tacoma. My, I live in Tacoma and our, our warehouse is in Auburn. Um, Pre-COVID, I averaged going to the warehouse probably twice a week. And okay. now maybe it's maybe three times a month. Um, we have amazing... Um, safety protocols in place you know we're we're scanned temperature we wear masks um there's limited people we set we we really did quickly change what we look like and uh set all of our all of our inside sales people we have an outside sales team and that's me um plus a, a, you know quite a quite a handful of others and then an inside sales team 
and they're all working from home as well. So there was a lot of adjustments to be made and a lot of, you know, hardware to be given to these people and make sure that they were set up. But my God, kudos to them. You know, they're doing the work on their dining room table, you know, while the kids are running around and holy smokes, you know. Yeah, the, the warehouse is accessible to me, but I never had a desk or a cubicle or office or whatever. Yeah. We, we were meant to be dragging the bag out on the road, baby. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's a huge part of the equation too, is are you visiting as many customers as you were? Are you just trying to stay at home and contact through email and phone now? Yeah. Just recently it's been more out there. I, 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 uh, from a personal perspective, I, I did not feel safe going out when it was all happening. I immediately, just like we're doing here, became a Zoom freak, you know? It was like, that was my only means of really kind of connecting face-to-face with some of my my peeps. I, I miss, um, you know, being out there and being able to touch the cheese and helping out and... I just want to touch the cheese too. I know. <laughs> We're very similar way. in so many ways. So yeah, there's something there's something very therapeutic, you know, when you get that role going of cutting and wrapping, and it's like a Zen thing. But um, but yeah, just it's just been recently that I've been out and about again. But I feel like that is still not going to be like it was before. Um. I could sit in front of these screens, you know, 24 seven and still have plenty to do as well. So I know that will never change, but it's, it's still, um, I look forward to the days where I feel a little more comfortable being in person. Yeah. A lot of vendors come into town and that's been tough. It's like, wow, as soon as things were kind of, you know, a little bit relaxed, it was like everybody, Hey, I'm coming into town. Let's make some meetings. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? But uh, yeah, that, that was an adjustment as well and, and trying to be, okay, thoughtful about that. Hey, I appreciate that you're doing that. But some of my buyers weren't taking meetings either and, and, and they didn't you know, want to kind of be in that situation. I'm just gonna pose this as a question as like, because of the last year and a half and feeling kind of disconnected, is that one of the reasons why you decided to apply for the board of directors of ACS? Like- um, by the way, congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Um, but like, what were the reasonings behind, um, going for kind of such a big, so it is a lot more volunteer hours. You are already on the JNC committee. And so that's hours on itself. So, um, can you just talk about what led you to go for that? It was, uh, when they announced they were looking for nominations, and then they said you could self-nominate. I thought, wow, that's interesting. And I still remember the first board meeting in Burlington. You know, I thought a lot of people kind of blew off that business meeting, you know, during lunch and maybe, you know, let's go see such at whatever market. But for me, I was just totally nerded out, man. I wanted to know everything about the organization, who was running it why they were running it that way and um, getting a lowdown on 
where my money was going for membership, you know? And uh, I would look at the board, you know, when they were on the stage and think, God, you know, maybe one of those, one of these days, I'll be one of those people, you know? And, and every year it was just a little different. I'm, my, if my, my memory doesn't suit me very well these days, um, but Allison Hooper was president for a period then and there. It was Christine Hyatt, David Gremmels, Greg, um, of course, Jeremy. I mean, it just all these people who I had met throughout the years, you know, in Cheese and had so much to give in terms of their own background. And, and I kind of had a meltdown in February, March, where I, I was just feeling such a barrage, you know, as we all were. But for me, again, going back to that Celia and I, Cecilia and Irish, you know, I, you know exactly how Julia feels. You can see it on her face and I'm a tearful person. I cry when I'm happy, I cry when I'm sad, and I definitely cry when I get angry. Oh, me too. And, you know, and I shout, you know, don't think these are weakness, <laughs> you know? But uh, I had a little, little crying fit, and I thought, what can you do, Julia, to get back to your passion that you are not stuck on these spreadsheets that mean something? They definitely are important. And what I'm doing is important, but I just needed a little a different influx of energy. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna self-nominate. And at the last minute, right before I sent everything in, Debbie Peterson, dear friend called me and she said, just for giggles, are you interested at all in throwing your hat in the ring? And I said, wow, I was just gonna self-nominate. And she said, Julia, I wanna nominate you. And I just cried on the phone. I'm like, I love you, Debbie. I would love that. So that again, years of being in the cheese business, meeting people that are so special to us, knowing that they take a bullet for you, you know? So that was my hope. And I knew going in, hey, don't get your hopes up, sweetie. Just do what you can do. Be thoughtful on you know, what you want to bring to the board. Um, and however the cards fall, that's the way they fall. So I got through that first round and then went through an interview process and Carrie Collegian was my person who interviewed me and she has served as a technical judge for many years for us, with us. And, I always thought she was just a little spitfire. We've always gotten along ever since we met. And so it was a very comfortable interview for me because that was Carrie talking with me. And I was able to be very honest and transparent as she was too. So she too said, you know, don't get your hopes up. It's just, you know, it's all in the hands of the membership now and just keep it under wraps. So all of that was really hard too, to keep a secret. <laughs> I was just like, she's got to blow, she's got to blow. But, um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to get back to cheese and knowing how many changes ACS has gone through in the last year as well, uh, having been through the blood, sweat and tears prior as well. So kind of have seen a little bit of that life cycle. It's going to be interesting to see what the year holds for us. Yeah, 
a lot of big changes coming up too in this next year or so. So it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of plays out. Um, but you brought up a s- statement that I kind of want to dig in a little bit deeper. And you said something about um, what you bring to the board. So can you kind of expand on that? Like, what do you, what can you bring to the board? What are you bringing to the board? Um, you know, in another life, I used to work for um, this woman who did grant writing for nonprofits. And I'll always remember it. Um, she said the three W's for a board are workers, wealth, and wisdom. So your board should be comprised of those three elements. So you do have the workers and I find myself to be a worker. I am, hey, yeah, I'll take on that project. Sure, I can do that. Um, Wealth, I'm not a real rich person, but I do donate to ACE. I do donate to local cheese organizations as well. I do donate to slow food as well. Some of those things that are very important that I find that the money goes actually to where it needs to be going. Um, Wisdom, I'm just turned 60. Hey, I've been around the block. And by doing that also, I don't find myself to be totally out of touch. Uh, but am able to kind of speak across the the age, age uh, the, the 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 differences in age that we have in our membership. Um, it's definitely a different society now than it was when I went in Burlington. But um, I'd also describe myself as kind of Ethel Merman without the stage. Um, when I first started going to ACS, it was purposeful for me to sit down at a table where I didn't know anybody. It's like, hey, I'm Julia. What's your name? What makes you tick? Um, and that kind of thing, I honor my, my parents now gone. Um, you know, being an Air Force brat, we moved around a lot. You know, you had to be either class clown or just really freaking cool to be accepted because, you know, it was another school next year and another school year after. And so I found myself, you know, I'm pretty self-deprecating as well, which can get some laughs. Um, But I find through the humor, through um, the yearn to learn more always. Um, And solution driven. Um, I think just some of those attributes are something essential for bringing to the board. Yeah. Um, Now having Tara as executive director, which is really exciting and seeing how that role will kind of flesh out and, and, um, and, and excited to be part of the new strategic planning. So we'll see even how I kind of fit in again, you know, it's like a, 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 a new group, you know, it's like, oh, I hope they all love me. <laughs> but it's um, at the same time, I hope they recognize what I, I can bring to the 
forefront as well. I'm excited for this next year because I think that, you know, we do have a lot of changes, but the last two years have thrown everything in a whirlwind. I mean, we just had our conference. It was all virtual. This year was different from last year where last year we just wanted to get together and it didn't really matter what we did. And it was just nice this year to be able to sit and we had sessions and I learned a bunch and like we had some real conversations about the state of our industry and I think that that's what we needed this year too but next year we're gonna have JNC in a different time and then we have Portland it's gonna be a very different year so I'm excited to see it it is and did you ever think uh, Janae, about you know some of those conversations had during the conference, I thought in the back of my mind, man, this would have been so great to be in person to yeah. have this. Yeah, you know, it it may have you know gotten a little bit excitable, but yet you know there was something to be said where someone was able to you know state what they wanted to state and then there was no ability to really oh but I've got an idea about that you know so it was um it was interesting I found that the interactive zooms were fun the recorded sessions sometimes I oh darn it you know I was hoping to see that in real kind of thing but yet you know the 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 program um information was still very very um, important, but yeah, I'd have to agree with you. It was, it was really still enjoyable. I, you know, I was, I was a little trepidatious about it, you know, but it was good. I mean, I still would have rather have been together so I could have, you know, hoot and hollered with Alice getting her lifetime achievement award and Deborah getting hers. And, you know, I was still at home crying, but I couldn't even comment about it. And that was really frustrating where I'm like, I want to type all the things, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know. We have next year. Thankfully we can do it all again and hopefully hugs galore on top of all of it. (laughs) You know, I, I, I didn't mean to forget Deborah because she, um, I remember her walking into the store where I was working and and it was the first time of um, Jasper Hill being behind the counter. And Constant Bliss was one of my favorite little raw milk wonders. I mean, I just love that cheese. And um, Mateo coming and even sampling at my store in you know, South Seattle. I'm just like, you know, here's this farmer from uh, Vermont coming and helping me out. But Deborah was, um, from the get-go, you know, as she described Ari, Ari, you know, selling olive oil to her, you know, just my first meeting with her and the way she looked right into your soul. <laughs> she has that. She just put your locks. hand on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She put a hand on you. So there was like this energy kind of coming between you. And then through Deborah, I met Daphne and, um, those two women, you know, the Seattle Cheese Festival, you know, they they just had it down, man. They stayed at the boutique, you know, bed and breakfast, get flowers from the market and have it in their room. And 
But I remember I was complaining one day to Daphne, you know, wah, wah, wah. They don't, you know, get me. They won't give me any promotions. I can't do anything. And she looked at me and she grabbed both cheeks and she's like, Julia, make your way. And it wasn't W-A-T-Y, it was W-A-Y. <laughs> and I, you know, it was almost like a slap in the face, really. It's like, God, shake out of it, Powers. What the heck? So those two, yes, um, strong women, a lot of great women in the cheese industry, as well as men, but they certainly made an impression, you know, the go-getters. Right. Well, what a fantastic daily affirmation to give yourself is that remembrance of Daphne telling you to like, buck up, pal, (laughs) get on it. (laughs) No kidding. I thought, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I miss her and, and I, I do miss being closer to, to Deborah. Well, is there anything else that you, uh, feel we really need to touch on before we stop? Um, I just want to, those that are, are listening, I just want to thank you for the vote (laughs) and, um, I'm looking forward to getting going and, um, well, I appreciate you including me very much. Julia's immense knowledge and experience is so beneficial to our industry as a whole, and I'm excited to see her spread her wings and grow into new spaces. Thank you, Julia, for joining me on the podcast, and congratulations again on the board placement. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha. Thank you to Ben Muha for allowing me to use your music. To support the show, please find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Mobile Monger. For cool extras and to financially support the continuation of this podcast, please consider contributing to my Patreon. There you'll find the full video recording of the conversations from Zoom, behind the scenes on live recordings, discount codes for merch in my online shop, and more fun stuff coming soon. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good curd.